Welcome to another very special episode of Alex P. Keaton is my friend. I'm your friend, Phil Vecchio, and on this episode, we'll be discussing Season 3, Episode 5 of Family Ties. This episode is titled Keaton and Son, and it originally aired on October 18th, 1984. And with me, as always, to discuss this episode is my very special co-host, Keith. Hello. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. It's 2021. It is. Everything's better. It's magical. Yeah. Everything just reset. It's crazy how that works. (laughs) Yep. It's almost like 2020 never happened, right? It almost is, yeah. (laughs) It's it's, kind of nuts. Well, I've heard this going around a lot, and I can't take credit for it, but as uh, my mom actually called me and told me that now, you know, they always say hindsight is 2020. Oh. And now, and now it really is. (laughs) Right? Let's hope it stays there. (laughs) (laughs) So, how you been doing? Good. How about you? Doing pretty well. Yeah. Did you have a good holiday? Yes. Good holiday. Good kind of family time. Just close around the house. That's oh, about it. family times with family ties. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are you tired of your house yet? I mean, see, I'm not. But the thing is, I enjoy doing stuff around the house. Mm-hmm. We're also blessed with, you know, a good-sized backyard. So there's... A lot of variety of stuff to do, and I like movies, books, video games, and music, and I've got a plethora of all of those here. Yeah, so you're just so, living the dream. Honestly, like, it's not, that aspect of it has not been a big sacrifice for me. There's stuff I miss doing and lots of other negative things, obviously, but that part's kind of nice, honestly. Yeah. I've read more books this year, done more puzzles. I mean, it's a lot of stuff I never you have the time to do, so it's pretty good. And- and I look back and I think to myself, I was going to do all those things, and I didn't do anything. I don't even know what I did over the last year. <laughs> well, to be fair, I also had planned on, like, this is the year, you know, we're home all the time. I'm going to write 10 screenplays, and I'm going to, you know, fix up all my websites, and I'm going to do this and that. And I did a lot of puzzles and read a lot of books and yeah. listened to watch music and watch movies. movies and TV. <laughs> yeah. So, you know. Yeah. Well, we all had goals that we didn't hit this year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I didn't learn the another language. I didn't no. do any of that. I really made no big accomplishments other than revisiting uh, Alex B. Keaton as my friend and doing that consistently with you. So that was a big accomplishment. Oh, that, and that was the best part, too. Yeah. At least for me. I don't know about it for you. I won't put words in your mouth. Well, the best part <laughs> of that part, we have something so exciting. Before we get to the episode... We had, like, a major event that happened actually at the end of the year last year. What? Um, This is something, this is, like, the biggest news, I think, since we had Mark Price on the show. Skippy himself. This is, like, as big as that. Keith. What? We got listener mail. Yes! Yes! And it's not just any listener mail. It is, like, dream listener mail. Because... If you remember in our last episode, we read, you know, I, I've occasionally pointed out some like sort of spammy emails we get if they're entertaining. Mm-hmm. And we talked about this website, which I never named, that stated that supposedly our show was doing well in South Africa. Yes. And we made the jokes about 
I think it was we were 103 and we made the joke that it was out of 104 or something. Right. <laughs> yes, and it was the MASH podcast that we had edged out. Exactly. <laughs> yes. And so what we talked about in that episode, and we joked that like I, if we were to get a letter from a fan in South Africa, like an email or whatever, that would be amazing. Like for our first ever real write into the show to get a letter from a fan in South Africa would be amazing. And Are Keith, you telling me we get a letter from a fan in South Africa? Keith, we got an email from someone in South Africa. Oh I my kid you gosh. not, it's real, it's legitimate. An actual real person that listens to our show. It's a dream come true. That is so awesome. I've thrown out so many things like, oh, I wish someone would write and say this or that. And our dear listener actually did. And he actually is from South Africa. That is so cool. Well, read it. Read it. Read it. And you, because I've read it, obviously. Uh You have not heard this yet. No. So you're fresh. This is so exciting. All right. I'm so excited right now. I'm like giddy. It's time for listener mail. I texted you back when it happened, and I wrote our listener because we were on a break, uh, you know, so we didn't record for a bit, so that they would know that you know we're not recording right now, um, right. but that we'd get to it. But I texted you, so you've known something happened, right. but I did not let you know the content of what's going on here. So no, you told me that I would be super excited the next time <sighs> we recorded, and I think I said, "Well, then let's record right now." <laughs> <laughs> All right, are you ready? I am. Here we go. Sha-la-la-la! It says, Hi, Phil and Keith. Greetings from South Africa. Yes, really. I guess I am one of the listeners your mysterious mail picked up. Thought I would provide you with some non-spam-related mail. Whoa. I've been listening to the pod since the start. Being a listener of Radio Brendo Man and Mandarian Orange Show, the other two shows that I've done, um, and enjoy the nostalgic review of one of the sitcoms from my youth. We got Family Ties some time after it aired in the States on one of the four TV channels we had. Only four TV channels. That's like like even before when I was a kid. Yeah. I'm trying to think. How many did we have when we were kids? Well, because we had like on our TV, we had a, a 13 like main channels, right? Yeah, but they weren't all like because it was like two, four, five, yeah. seven. 9, 11, 13. 11, 13. So we and had one, seven, seven channels. And 10 was like PBS, I want to say, or something like that. So there was, it was less than 13, but our TV could go up to 13 channels. Plus it had UHF channels so oh. that you could get, uh, you know, like local access stuff. Okay. But that's it. I mean, My it was, it was pretty limited. that fancy. Well, it's, it's, this is a TV that I had and I brought all the way with my, with me to college. So I held on to old stuff. <laughs> Um, no, not you. Yeah, believe it or not, I think I had it into our marriage even, and it finally kicked the bucket oh my at some gosh. point. But yeah. So anyway, he only had four channels there. I'm curious: is it like uh, like British stuff where it's like BBC One, BBC Two, BBC Three, BBC yeah. Four? I wonder if it's like that. That that would be interesting. Uh, our li- Chris is the name of our listener. I wonder if you want to fill us in on how those TV channels work because I'm just curious how that goes. So yeah, I'm super curious. And how old is he, too? So, like, what year? So, like, if this aired October 18th of 1984, I wonder when they would have gotten it in South Africa. I mean, he said sometime after it aired, but we don't know. Maybe we could narrow it down. That would be interesting to know. Because if it was, like, airing for the first time there in, like, the late 90s, I feel like a lot of the references might have started to be, you know, weird and out of date. So, (laughs) I don't know. Exactly. (laughs) Interesting. That would have been really funny, though. 
Yeah, it's true, <laughs> you know. And I mean, like, we watched Nick at Night or whatever when I was a kid and saw, like, the old shows from the 60s, and I still love that stuff. So, yeah. you know, that works. That's true. Interesting. Hmm. All right. Oh, this I'm is back. so exciting. Keep going. Oh, this is great. Okay, back to the letter. It was always a highlight, even if... Oh, here we go. It was always a highlight, even if some of the references were a bit too U.S.-specific. Generally, the context and acting gave enough clues so as not to get totally lost. Oh, so that's pretty great, right? Yes. Because, like, if you don't have that cultural reference, like... I mean, we talk about stuff that people might not know because it's old, but imagine, like... Oh, man. Like, I don't know. Do they have... Do you have prom? Yeah, reference point for it. Interesting. If, if you could think of any, Chris, that like you might not have, uh, you know, have in common, that would be really interesting to hear. Like, what are some of the differences? Because I'm super curious to know. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. okay. He says, I'm not watching along, but listening to you guys recap the shows brings them back. Some more clearly than others. <laughs> so that's how, that's, it's why we have to recount them as well as we can, because some of our listeners don't even have access or aren't watching the shows. So right. What if they don't have access to a CBS all access? That's true. Like it might not be available to watch there. Interesting. Oh, yeah. Then he says, thanks for the retros and here's to the next four seasons, a fantastic festive season to you and yours. This was written uh, background Christmas, by okay. the way. So <laughs> stay safe and all the best, Chris. Oh, that's so awesome. From South Africa. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Chris. Oh, that's oh, incredible. I know. This, this, I've been sitting on this for weeks now, just dying to get to read this with you. So, oh my gosh, that's so cool. Yeah, it's pretty great. Pretty, pretty great. So how did he hear about Radio Brendo Man then? I don't know. Maybe he can say, because that's of the shows he listed, that's the oldest one. Yeah. And then, uh, so I'm curious. A lot of times, and I, I don't know, this is this would be my guess if I had to. A lot of people who were fans of like Kevin Smith and that world kind of heard about it through that. Gotcha. So that would be my guess. But man, Chris, if you remember how you found out about that or what first brought you along, I'd love to hear that too. I realize I'm making requests and demands that he like fills us in. But at this <laughs> point, like I got to know more. So if you don't mind, we need Poor to follow Chris is up like, here. oh my gosh, you, you guys just look, gave me like 45 questions. No, look what we look what I did. This is why I wasn't writing in. I knew you would do this to me. So no, sorry, I'm super but, grateful for you writing in. That was awesome and incredible. And to yes. know that we really are being listened to in South Africa. I mean, that's the best part. I still don't think that email, I don't know, because you said you looked at the website, right? Yeah, so we talked about it after we recorded. And, like, we Googled and Googled and Googled trying to find anything that would get us there. And I couldn't legitimize it at all. Yeah, it seems like, I mean, unless there's something where we don't have access to it because it's, you know, in a different country or whatever. I mean, there are things like that. Yeah, uh, oh, I should have checked the dark web. Yeah, we well, we didn't look that closely. But right. even if it was just a spam thing, it brought us to uh, connect with Chris, so I'm pretty stoked about that. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you so much. Yes. And for our other listeners out there, if you guys would like to write to us, as Chris did, you can write to us at alexpkeatonismyfriend at gmail.com. You can also go on our Facebook page, Alex P. Keaton is my friend, and send us a message through there if that's easier for you. And we would love to hear from you. Oh, that's so cool. I'm so excited. Yes. We can stop right now. I'm good. I know. That could be like the whole episode, right? (laughs) Except we got to talk about Family Ties. Yay. The Return. 
We're back. Sha la la la. Okay, so you said that this was, um, it originally aired October 18th of 1984. And yes. I think I told you right before we started recording that I felt like this was the, the last episode before Christmas break, which it couldn't have been. But because we ended on such a cliffhanger in this episode. Yes, yes. Well, before we get to the cliffhanger, I think uh, I think it's your turn to tell us about the show. What happened in this episode? Well, shockingly, we have two kind of uh, plot points running. We have one yes. with Alex and his dad, and then we have a secondary plot line with uh, Jennifer and Mallory. And Elise, again, is uh, – we find out a little bit more about Elise, that she's doing six weeks – Yep. And that also the doctor told her to stay off her feet. Absolutely. You know, she's got to just um, rest and relax. And that way, you know, she can have a good end of pregnancy. So I that was kind of cool that we got a little bit of information. And again, I think you had mentioned it the last time we recorded that this, I think last episode was the first time that all five of the Keatons weren't in the same episode. Yeah. So now we have another one here. Yeah. But I think, you know, we had also done a little bit of research and she was giving birth to twins and it was yeah. around the time that she gave birth. So, yeah, it makes a lot of sense that she's taken a couple of weeks off, I'm sure. So, well, anyways, yeah. to get back to the episode itself, we open in the kitchen with Mallory and Jen and then dad walks in, Stephen, and the girls are working on naming the baby. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. And there were some great names that they threw around. Uh, <laughs> I think one of them was Shecky <laughs> and yes. Charo. So Charo, Charo yeah. was huge. Yeah. Oh, I love Charo so much. Wasn't she the one with uh, the Coochie Coochie or something? I think so, yeah. She's okay. like real strong accent and did a lot of like talk shows and stuff. I think she did episodes too of Gilligan's Island and The Love Boat. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, she, she was like all rounds. over the place. And it was just Charo, like, <laughs> like Cher or Madonna, just one name. Yeah. You know, yeah. Oh, anyways, to get back to the episode, the girls are working on a name. They throw out a couple different things, and they're and Stephen is just like, "Yeah, you girls are staying up too late watching the Late Late Show again." Or, <laughs> they're like, "No, no, not at all." But then Alex comes home, and he walks in the kitchen, and he's kind of sad, and you know, he had a bad day. He's, he's looking for a part time job, and you know, he's of course only applying at banks, and he's not getting the job. <laughs> And so his dad, or actually Mallory says, well, you know, dad's been asking you to go work at the station. Why don't you go? And Alex is like, you know, that's not for me. It's a nonprofit. And that goes against everything I stand for. (laughs) And um, he's got one more hope at another bank. And then, you know, magically the phone rings and it's that bank telling him that, you know, they hired somebody else. He didn't get the job. So reluctantly, he agrees to take the job with his dad. So they go... (laughs) The next scene opens up at the the, ra- the not radio station, at the TV station, and it's Steven telling all of his coworkers about how great Alex is, and, you know, hey, did I tell you this? And they're like, yes. Oh, did I tell you he goes to Leland? And they're like, yes. And, you know, so obviously they've heard all the stories a few times, and Alex walks in, and he kind of gets a chance to see a little bit of what his dad does, and their coworker should have been fired, but... <laughs> On the spot, but no, they gave right. him an opportunity. They kept him around a couple more days. <laughs> and while they, Alex is there, the bank lady somehow manages to track him down there. And Yeah, then, how did she know to call him at the TV station? <laughs> well, and then he says that he's available. So 
if she called his house and his sisters answered and said, oh, no, you know, he's at work with my dad, you know, and then maybe they got the number that way. I don't know. Yeah, but then she would know he's working somewhere else. That's what I thought, too. But, you know, they had to advance the plot. So Well, yeah. <laughs> so, of course, he says he's available. And then, you know, he goes home. He wrestles with how he's going to tell his dad. And he decides he's going to write a very impersonal letter. And Mallory, <laughs> of course, is berating him, telling him, you know, that. He shouldn't do that. Dad's so excited. And, you know, his dad got him a little face or nameplate. And, you know, he's, <laughs> right. he's like, but dad, I don't have a desk. And Stephen goes, that's okay. You just carry it with you. <laughs> <laughs> so he writes this letter. He goes to work and after school and he, you know, he's going to give it to his dad, but he kind of slips it in. And then, you know, it all heck breaks loose and they've just got this project dumped on them at the last minute. It's going to air the next day. They're going to have to pull this all nighter. And Steven tells Alex, you know what? I'm going to be here all night. Just go home. And Alex had had a heart to heart with Doris. And he kind of found out that, you know, his dad really just speaks so highly of him, And he's always talked up Alex at work and that he's really well respected. And those are kind of uh, qualities that I think really resonated with Alex and so he yeah. tells his dad, you know what, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to stay and help. And so then they, they finish the project, you know, at, and then they get home. And Stephen pulls the letter out and reads it while Alex is getting uh, cereal. And then they have kind of a father-son heart-to-heart moment about how Stephen's not going to force Alex to go into, you know, the father and son type of business model. And his right. dad had wanted him to do that. And then we got the freeze frame with the hug. Yeah. And Alex said he probably won't make his kid uh, become Secretary of State or something like that. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, and the only time that we really see uh, Jennifer again is I think she has one more scene where the, she comes up with a couple more names that you know we'll talk about yeah. in, under our uh, funny quote section. And but, that's it. Yeah, she and just Mallory had a little just bit. a couple of times, and that was it. So, yeah, this was very heavily Alex and and Stephen. Yeah. And it was really heartwarming and tender. It was. It definitely wasn't one of the most laugh-out-loudy ones. No. There were some chuckles, but it was more, you know, yeah. touching, like you said. Yeah, definitely more touching. And I think Alex got a chance to really see his dad and appreciate his dad for you know, just, you know, knowing his job and being yeah. respected at his workplace. Well, for so one, he got to see how much his dad like talked about him, but also, yeah, like you said, hearing his coworkers talk about what good work he does and then watching him at work and seeing it. Like, I think it changes perspective on, you know, what this whole job was, that it's more than just a nonprofit, you know, and that's, <laughs> I, I, honestly, it was, some of them are, you know, they touch on a, a subject or whatever, but this one kind of felt genuinely like touching and meaningful, like, you know, I don't know, because you sometimes you don't think of, especially when you're younger, you don't think of your dad as like a person who does a job or everything of them is your dad, and it's interesting to see that realization happen. You know. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I, I liked it, even though it wasn't like super super funny. Yeah, it was really actually a really good episode. You know, it was kind of um, really brought home kind of a father son dynamic, which I don't know that we normally get with Alex and Stephen. It yeah. seems like Elise and Alex kind of have more of a, a mother-son relationship than the father-son one. Yeah, well, and I think because Elise wasn't in it, although I think her presence is always missed, it allowed that kind of to develop a little bit more. So, you know, mm -hmm. it was pretty good. 
Yeah, I agree. I agree. And you actually already kind of said my life lesson, you know? Oh, man. I you jumped, jumped ahead. into it. No, I like it. Sha la la la. Well, so we did have um, some great guest stars, and I wanted to talk about the guest oh. stars earlier on in this one because we had a bunch, uh, well, four people actually. Yep. Um, and some interesting stuff there. So the first one uh, was Richard, Richard Grasso, which is the guy who was like super flaky, who was his job to put together this program that he wound up kind of slacking off on. And they all had to, you know, to pick it up and do it real quick since he didn't do it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Part of his gag was that his watch was always wrong. So he would say, oh, it's three in the morning and it was two in the (laughs) afternoon or whatever. But that was pretty funny. Even after they told him what time it was. Right. Five minutes later, (laughs) then he's, oh, it's 6 a.m. Um, so he was funny, like super goofy. Um, and he was played by a guy named Sal Viscuso. And he's in a ton of stuff, like did like the rounds of all kinds of TV shows, Diagnosis Murder, Beverly Hills 90210, um, Falcon Crest. He was, uh, he had a recurring role on, uh, um, Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman. What? With Dean um, Cain and Terry Hatcher? With Dean Cain and Terry Hatcher. He was Bobby Big Mouth and he had a recur- recurring role there. Nice. He was uh, like a Matt Lock. Yeah, it sounds like probably worked for the mob of some sort. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in Spaceballs. He was a radio operator in Spaceballs. Oh, wow. Um, so he did a lot. MASH, et cetera, et cetera. He was on Podcast 104 in South Africa? Oh, yes. He was. He was. <laughs> that's right. Yes. They, they can cover it. Maybe we could do a crossover with oh, them. We can boost yes. our, our ratings together. That would be great. <laughs> yeah. if, that, if that MASH podcast wants to hook up with us. We're going um, for he, you, 102. <laughs> We're coming. What are they doing? They're covering uh, Murphy Brown, I think we were talking earlier, right? They're the Murphy Brown podcast. Yes. Man. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> There's only so much room for a retro podcast down at the bottom here. we got to move up. Well, and I have a pitch for you at some point that I want to uh, put forward to you. So, Oh, really? Yes. All right. Do, do your quick. It's like elevator pitch. Okay. We both so- climbed in the elevator. <clears throat> I'm an important podcast executive, and you have until we get to the next floor to tell me your pitch for your show. Go. I just started watching Wonder Woman, the original series, and I think that it would be insane if we started covering that show because it's crazy. Oh my gosh. That's kind of crazy. Do you do you remember I've talked on like various shows probably about this. Do you know that my story, my very direct connection with that show? No. Okay. So, um when I was I don't know when this was on what, 1980 Four, eighteen eighty three, maybe. Yeah. What year was Wonder Woman? Somewhere in, the, in those years. So I was pretty little. I was born in nineteen seventy eight. So I was pretty little, you know, when it was on. And I would go over to my great grandma's house sometimes. My nana, my great grandma, sweet old lady, you know, white haired, um, you know, in her eighties. And I would go over and watch TV sometimes with her. And one of the shows that I always asked to watch when I went over there was Wonder Woman. And, you know, my sweet Nana, 80 years, you know, in her 80s, uh, she's has been a lifelong member of the Nazarene Church, very, like, conservative, right? And she asked me, like, what do I like about the show? And again, <laughs> I was, like, five years old or something, five or six. Uh-huh. And I said, and I told my, my Nana, and, of course, my parents are humiliated, I said, I like it because Wonder Woman has big boobies. <laughs> <laughs> and I was never allowed to watch it again over at Nana's house. 
Well, ironically, you're not wrong. <laughs> I'm not wrong. I mean, no. I you know, I think it's pretty pretty self-explanatory, but right. you know, apparently I learned that was not the thing to say at the time, so, you know. So, let yeah. me blow your mind for a second. The okay. first episode aired November 7th, 1975. Oh my gosh, really? Yep. Final episode was September 11th, 1979. So, I was watching I was watching reruns then. Yeah. I mean, that was definitely a thing at the time, so that doesn't surprise me. Oh, yeah. so crazy. Such I, I'm only like three episodes in. It is nuts. And Linda Carter is so young. I mean, I don't... I need to look up like how old she was in 1975, but I would be shocked if she was 20. Wow. But... Well, oh, that is an interesting one. Okay. Yeah, so that's okay. my pitch. That's what I want our next show to be. <laughs> Well, I, like I said, I do have a very special connection to that one. So. <laughs> <laughs> and she's in Sky High, so you have to love Linda Carter. Oh, sure. I mean, I do. I mean, it's, I love Wonder Woman, you know, yeah. and all that. It just, uh, <laughs> I, was, I was banned. I had a little, uh, you know, a temporary timeout on that one for a while. So. <laughs> Until you were old enough to take control of the TV. <laughs> yes, I can watch what I want to now. <laughs> right? I'm eight. I can watch what I want. <laughs> Sha-la-la-la. We've been talking about uh, guest stars, <laughs> and he was on Mash. Oh, it's interesting. His recurring role on Mash, he was in forty episodes. He was the radio PA announcer. So whenever you would oh. hear like the PA on the you know on the compound or whatever, that was him talking on it. So, or at least huh. for forty episodes worth. So interesting. But on Family Ties, this is his second appearance uh, on Family Ties, actually. So he, uh, you know, Richard, his name was Richard Grasso. We know his name was Grasso because he uh, said, well, are you still going to call it a Richard Grasso production, right? <laughs> so yes. he's credited as Richard Grasso. However, he was in uh, this episode six of season one. So all the way back to the beginning of season one, he w- played another character named Richard Jacobs. Really? And so I went and looked. I actually, like, after I watched this one, went back and skimmed through it. So this is the episode that took place at the TV station again. And it was the one where the guy who worked there was creeping on Mallory and wound up, like, assaulting her. And then it's like, that it was, was like, a really dark. watched with you. Yeah. So that was all oh. the way back to, to episode six, like, that long ago. Wow. So this guy was in that episode. He worked at the TV station. His name was also Richard, but he had a different last name. And from watching his bits on there, his character was totally different. Like, he was huh. still a little goofy, but he, like, he was coming back in and telling Steven he'd just done this great pitch to the director of the studio and blah, blah, blah. I don't know, whatever it was. And he was real excited that he had done such a good job, but he didn't, the whole watch thing and being a lazy slack or whatever... <laughs> And he's credited with a different last name, but he still worked at the TV studio. So, huh. I don't know. I don't know how what happened, but Janelle had a theory about this, which is, you know, that was, you know, three years beforehand or two years beforehand, right? Mm-hmm. And the guy remembered his character's name was Richard, but probably no one remembered what his last name was. And, you know, nobody cared back then. No one was going to remember what the character's last name was from season one. So they probably just made up another last name. You know, it's probably something that simple. I bet it is because it, it doesn't easier than trying to dig through the archive to find that right. and watch it and get the last name again. Yeah, How Richard. Crazy. No one's gonna pay attention. Who cares? Because now, I mean, we could look it up on our phone and see in a right. second. But 
Well, because I saw when I looked, I looked beforehand and that he had played two different characters named Richard. I just assumed they were totally different. But he works at the TV station, so it's got to be the same person. It's got to be. That's so funny. Yeah. Huh. But this is his last time we see him, oh. though, so he well, won't be coming back. I was wondering he got fired. because Steven said, you know, get out and stay out kind of thing. And, and he did. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently he never could find the time to get back. Oh. <laughs> Watch joke. <laughs> <laughs> so our next guest star um, was Doris uh-huh. Bradshaw, played by Marsha Warfield. Oh, I love her so much. She was great, and she's been in a ton of stuff, too. I want to see if you name my favorite show. Let's see. ABC After School f- Specials. Uh-huh. She was in an episode called Me and My Hormones, so I had to mention that <laughs> right off the bat. <laughs> But she did a ton, a ton of TV shows. Touched by an Angel, Empty Nest, Night Court. She was a recurring character on Night Court. For, yeah, she uh, was the bailiff. Yes, 136 episodes. She was yep. Roz. Yep, and she was like um, sassy, and she always would talk to the judge and tell him, you know, yep. you need to, you know, do whatever, get this guy out of here. And she's going back. I heard for the spinoff show that's coming. Oh, out. really? Or a reunion show. Now, is that legitimately your favorite show? I think you mentioned no. this before. Okay. No, no. I do love Night Court, though, a lot. It's because okay. I always like John Larroquette. Well, I mean, he's great. Yes. I, it's funny. I remember watching episodes of that show as a kid, but I don't think I got the jokes. Mm-hmm. Like, it definitely was not targeted at my age range no. when it was on, you know? <laughs> yeah, I was definitely a little bit older, and I remember enjoying the show quite a bit. Yeah. I don't know if I could tell you the plot of any of the episodes, though. I don't know. I mean, they were up late and did court at night, <laughs> yeah. I'm assuming. Because whoever did a night court, like, on a nightly know. basis. I know. I mean, is that a real thing? It must be. It's to some degree, I guess. I feel like I've heard about it before, but I don't know. Huh. Maybe if we ever do that podcast, then we'll do more research. Maybe so. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe another one of our listeners will have said, oh, that was one of my favorite shows, and they'll tell us all about it. Well, the night court podcast, I think, is uh, number one... 15 so we could reach out to them and see if they got any extra information about that for us okay perfect perfect yeah (laughs) Yeah, we'll we'll reach out to them okay Um, i hear that one's big in spain yeah oh definitely (laughs) that one does really well there Uh, (laughs) um (laughs) so uh, So a couple other things that she was in um she also was in uh, riptide but this is the other thing i wanted to mention she was in caddyshack 2 oh have you ever watched Caddyshack 2? I think I've only watched part of it. I don't know that oh. I've ever seen the whole movie. It's one of those movies that's like, to me, so bad it's good. I have I have it on my DVD shelf next to Caddyshack, and they are so different. Because first of all, almost none of the cast returned. The only person that came back to reprise their role was Chevy Chase, oh. and they <laughs> heavily, prominently feature him on the front cover. But he only is in, like, one shot. Like, I think they got him for ten minutes. And he comes in and says some stuff, like, you know, one little short scene, and then he's out. Like, he just he's like, yes, I want to, you know, buy that extra yacht. I'll come in for the weekend, you know. And that was it. Wow. Everyone else, like, they didn't even get Rodney Dangerfield was replaced by, oh, what is his name? Oh, I can't think of it. it. I mean, you probably wouldn't even have recognized it if I could remember, but it, it's real, real bad. Dan Aykroyd takes over for uh, Bill Murray's role, but he does it like a really weird voice, and he's also not in it that much either. He was definitely doing a paycheck as well. So Really? 
it's like really bad and so cheesy that I love it. Oh so, man. Yeah. I used to have it on VHS. When we got rid of VHS, I actually went out and rebought it on DVD because I like it that much because it's that bad. Oh wow. Oh, and it's got Randy the original Quaid in it though. Oh yeah, that's right. I mean there's there's a lot, but most of the like name actors are not in it much. It's mostly people you've never heard of. Yeah, I'm looking at uh, the cast list and Wow. Yeah, it's Jackie Mason, I think, is that his name? Yeah, Jackie Mason. Jackie Mason, that's it. Oh. Man, See, this is how well guy. I know it. I I know the character or the actor Jackie Mason, even though I I don't think I have any other frame of reference for him. Anyway, it's real bad. If you guys are interested in bad movies that uh, are fun to watch, you should watch it because it's terrible. Oh, it also has Jonathan Silverman. There you go. See, everyone's in it, and it's terrible. <laughs> yeah. After that, when oh, it says Don Draper was the club manager, and it's got a picture of John Hamm. What? I don't think John Hamm was really in the movie. <laughs> no, are people? I think people are messing with IMDb more. I, I think, think people have figured are. out. Because there's been stuff like that popping up that's definitely not supposed to be there. No. Yeah. Huh. Diane Cannon, Jessica Lundy. Oh, it's it's a real piece of work. Oh, man. I'll have to check that out. Now, do, yeah. do you think they used the same, uh, what was it, like a ground squirrel or something? Or Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's another whole thing. You got to watch it because they, they like went up to the next level. It's like animatronic in this one, if I remember correctly. Oh. Like, it's bad, though. It's so bad. It's... It's worth watching. Oh, and that's the other thing, too. So the original Caddyshack was, like, definitely rated R. Mm -hmm. In order to try to get a wider audience, it's a PG movie. Really? Yes. And it's 80s PG, but still, it's PG. Huh. So they also went that route to try to get, like, a family audience somehow. Although I don't remember 80s R being, like, really that much worse than a PG it's pretty bad. Oh. Uh, go back and watch Caddyshack. Yeah. It's, it, it earns the R. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You remember the funny stuff with the gopher and the you know poo floating in the pool or whatever. But I do remember that. It, there's other parts to it that you just kind of forget about, or you watched on Comedy Central or something. You know. Oh, where they <laughs> and they edit that stuff okay. out. <laughs> yeah, because it earns it. Believe me. Okay, I'll, I'll go back and double check both of those then. <laughs> it might be time for a Caddyshack one and two. I might have to. Actually, it's probably been a couple years since I've watched them. Oh, see. Yeah. Oh hmm. well, then right. you can watch it, and I'll watch it, and then we'll talk about them. We'll compare notes next week. All right, I'll, we'll do Caddyshack. All right, the duology this week. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta see if I can find it on any of the streaming services. It's probably on YouTube. It's nothing else. That's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, this was her only appearance on Family Ties oh. as Doris. We don't see Doris anymore. I really liked her, but I have a feeling. She was doing all this other stuff, and she probably started getting... And I don't know what time Night Court started up, but she was definitely working, you know. Yeah. Next up, we had Mrs. Menlo. Now, this is the older lady who was the subject of this documentary they were putting together. Right, which, by the way, is not a real real thing, the Menlo Project. No, No, it is not. (laughs) Um, This is definitely an actress. Uh, Mrs. Florence Menlo, played by Frances Bay. We only saw her in the film strips. Like, we never saw her. She didn't show up at the TV studio or anything. Right. Um, But she was great. She was really funny. Had some funny bits in there. She's a cantankerous old lady. 
Did you recognize her? Do you know who she is? Yeah, she's the grandma from Happy Gilmore. Yes, the grandma from Happy Gilmore. I'm so <laughs> glad you knew that. Yay. Now she's been she has 173 acting credits. She's been in everything. Oh, she's awesome. I mean, she's great. She was in three episodes of Seinfeld. She's in Grey's Anatomy, Diagnosis Murder, Avonlea. Uh, of course, Happy Gilmore, but also the Ben Stiller show, Twin Peaks. She was in the Karate Kid Part 3 and Part 1. Oh, Riptide, Remington Steel, etc. She was even in Foul Play, the Chevy Chase movie with Goldie Hawn. And she made an appearance on Family, which was uh, Meredith Baxter's earlier TV show. Interesting. In 1979. Nice. Right when but, Wonder Woman went off the air. Right. That's right. Man, we're making so many connections here. But unfortunately, this was her only appearance oh. in uh, in Family Ties as Mrs. Menlo. We never get to see the documentary completed. That's too bad. Well, it, is. it looked like it was pretty exciting, though. Like when Steven was running around behind her and yeah. you know, a little bit of film footage that we got to see. Yes. I think it was going to be pretty great. Yeah. I, w- I would have watched it. I would definitely have watched it, the Menlo Project. Actually, I really wish if it if Family Ties was made like modern times, they definitely would have like made those little documentaries he's talking about. They would have put those out as like internet shorts. Oh yeah, because like the oxygen, everyone's favorite gas that he talked about in this episode, like that. How that. awesome would that be to watch that? You know, if that was modern and they could just do it digitally on their phones, they would be putting that stuff out left and right. Oh yeah, that would have been hilarious. <laughs> maybe it's not too late maybe we can go back and uh and get them to make it that we could try we should because man it's, it's never too late how uh, awesome would that be yes it could be like a whole spinoff show of family ties done now but it's all just the documentaries that he mentioned that steven talks about oh we'd have to start re-watching all the episodes and just make note of he, each one yep because oh, i that's... know he's mentioned four or five at least in the oh, last at least, you know, yeah. few episodes you could get a couple seasons worth just out of all the stuff he said. Oh, yeah. Because sometimes he says more than one in an episode. And sometimes they, they're always like a throwaway title. They never seem to get a huge laugh. And I'm always like, that is so funny and just like so random. And it's just like, oh, here, here's a little scrap for you. What if we, oh, man, we got to make this happen. This, <laughs> this is going to be great. Favorite cast. Family Ties <laughs> Shorts. Yeah, <laughs> and Alex is like, Dad, oxygen isn't my favorite gas. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, oh man, <laughs> I don't want to know which one is. <laughs> I know he never said. I was waiting for the joke. But... Oh, I heard he's a helium guy. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, he he strikes me as that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Neo. <Well, laughs> that's pretty racy. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really can light up your life. <laughs> oh boy well finally we have Fred Lambert who uh, is played by Warren Munson this is the other guy that works in the TV station um, he also had uh, he has 119 credits he's done bazillions of things everything from Scrubs to the Adventures of Young Indiana Jones Airwolf Falcon oh, Crest yes. uh, etc etc he was also on Otherworld which is the TV series, the short-lived TV series that my cousin uh, Tony O'Dell made. Yes. Um, that we've talked about frequently. I always mention if someone's on that. Um, which I also want to do a podcast about that because they only did like nine episodes, and I think it would be fascinating <laughs> to watch. So 
another maybe we'll do that one another over the pitch summer. there. Yes, that could be an interesting <laughs> one, and I might have a connection. Do you have the show though? Well, I think it's available. Uh, I don't. I haven't. Oh, okay. I haven't watched it since I was a kid. Because we all watched it, you know, like the Vecchios got together and watched it because it was our cousin, you know. Oh, yeah, you had But I haven't seen it since it aired, so that would be interesting. Oh, wow. Yeah. I wonder what your recollection would be versus, you know, watching it now. Yeah, I mean, I I vaguely remember they go to another dimension, but I'm pretty sure that's, you know, self-explanatory from the title. So, (laughs) I I don't know. that I can. I have, like, some images I can picture from some scenes, but that's about it, you know. So. Yeah. Anyway, he was on. He was in that. So, and and if we did do a podcast about that, I have a connection with some behind the scenes uh, people. You know, maybe person. Yeah. Do you think he would come on? I don't the know. Show maybe and talk about. Could it? Could ask him. Well, check this out. So I just looked it up, and your cousin Tony O'Dell is listed in the cast as number four. Oh, on Otherworld, you mean? Yeah, yeah, from Otherworld. Yep. Yeah, family searches for a way out of of a bizarre parallel world. His name on the show was Trace Sterling. So he's one of the main family because there's Gina Sterling, Hal Sterling, June Sterling, and then... Probably like the older son or something like that. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Well, that may be something we should look Mm. into there. Yeah, I think so. Oh, wait, there's another one. Smith Sterling. His name was Chris Hebert, and he looks like a very young child, like, you know, 10-ish. Interesting. Yeah, I, I think that would be fun to revisit that. 1985. Which is the year that... Oh, yeah. That makes sense. That's the year that he was in that. So, yeah. He was Dr... <laughs> he played... Uh, this guy, this actor, played Dr. Scorpus Klaxon in the episode. He was in just one episode of it, so... Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, he's not listed in the... Uh, yeah, just one episode. But, you know, it the means cast, they cross so. paths there. And my cousin was also in an episode of Airwolf, although it was a different one than this guy was in, so... Airwolf, that was such a fun yeah, show. It was basically Night Rider with a helicopter, right? Like, it's pretty <laughs> exactly. great. The helicopter, I don't remember the helicopter. I don't talking. think it talked, but it had like cool stuff it could do, and it was like black and sleek, and it was the focus yeah. of the show. It could go really, really yeah, fast. Yeah, so, you know, I mean, they had to mix it up a little Which bit. I don't think... but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, we're in trouble. Quick, punch it. <laughs> and it would fly really fast. <laughs> uh, it was a great show. The 80s were a good yeah, time for TV, which is why we're doing a podcast about it. So, <laughs> Right? <laughs> Turns out the 70s are yeah, too. Like, absolutely. <laughs> well, that was oh. the only appearance of Fred Lambert on this, so we don't see him back at the TV studio again. So, Oh, darn. It was kind of funny when Steven barked a couple of orders. They both, like, you know, complied very Yeah, because he is the manager. You know, he's in charge. Yeah. Well, I didn't realize he had that kind of pull, though. Yeah, well... And he may have been showing off for Alex. I don't know, but yeah, but uh, you would think. (laughs) Well, sorry to all you Fred Lambert heads out there. This is only episode, so if you're a big fan of his uh, performance in this, go watch uh, Airwolf. He was he was wonderful. (laughs) Yes, delightful. Sha la la la. So what about funny quotes? Did you have any funny quotes or jokes? Uh, quite a few, although I feel like I've probably blurted many of them out just now. <laughs> yeah. The only one, in fact, that I haven't already like said in the course of this that I wrote down was uh, when Alex... Uh, you know, talks with his dad, and then like he goes out of the room a bit and comes back in, and he's like, "I've been doing a lot of long, hard thinking ever since we last spoke." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he's like, "Didn't get the job, did you?" 
So that was, oh, that was, that was perfect. A little bit there. Everything else I already wrote or said. So what did you write down? Uh, I had one that I thought was really funny to me. Um, and it was when he didn't get the job at the bank and he's telling everybody, uh, I think it was Mallory and Jennifer in the room at the time. And he's like, you know, it really hurts when you get told no by the one that you love. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was really funny and going then, on about like his desk was going to be close enough to the vault that he could smell the money. <laughs> <laughs> he would feel his presence. <laughs> oh, Alex. Uh, and then anecdotally, I made a note that, um, Steven was super excited that they could work together and they could carpool. And I thought it was really funny after watching the reunion special because he actually used to carpool with uh, Mary. That's Baxter. right. That's right. And so I didn't know if that was like, you know, an ad lib kind of thing or what, but I thought it was pretty huh. funny. That's a good observation based on our behind the scenes knowledge. Oh, I love it so much. Well, and then Heidi mentioned, she's like, you know, it's no wonder that they had such a close set in the first place because most of the time, I mean, there's very few guest stars and like this one, we had four, but I think four is really a large. That's on the upper end. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, normally we might be one or two or none even sometimes. Yeah. And the only time you have more is like occasionally like, like end of last season when he graduates from high school, you have some extras around, but like that kind of episode is few and far between. Yeah. So maybe they're more common in the later seasons, but, I guess we'll see. Yeah, it's usually just very small, small cast each time. Oh, and then one other thing that I did love was all the names that they were naming. Oh, them. yes, I did write down a bunch of those. <laughs> and she's trying to name them after the seven. Yeah, more. Sneezy, or, or if it's a girl, or Dopey if it's a <laughs> boy. Uh, she yeah. wanted to name him after Moby Dick and call him Moby Keaton. <laughs> I think that would have been That's a great, great yeah. And then, of course, all the Tonight Show ones, Ed, Doc, and Johnny. Um, yep. <laughs> so that's pretty good. Charo and Shecky. Charo and Shecky, yeah. I don't even get the Shecky reference. I think, so. isn't that a, I might be mixing this up, but isn't Shecky like the fifth or the fourth uh, three Stooges? Like after like the original Curly left? Or am I thinking oh, of someone yeah. else? Isn't that, maybe I'm wrong. Oh boy, I don't know. Okay, we got to like look this up now. Okay, this is, I was wrong. He's not the three Stooges guy. He's known for his nightclub performances, lots of TV stuff. So this is definitely a type of guy that would have been on. It's probably this guy. Oh, yeah. He appeared on Ed Sullivan's show, Tonight Show. So this, that's who it was. So just probably a popular yeah. comedian at the time. So who was the other Three Stooges then? Because there was like a Shemp. Shemp. Oh, see? All right. I mean, I definitely got it wrong, but that's what I had in my mind. Shemp. <laughs> Shecky, Shemp, you know. Com- comedians back yeah, then had the some thing. great names. Mo, Larry, Curly, Shemp, and then Joe Besser replaced Shemp. And oh, then they what? came back with Joe Dorita. Man, I didn't realize there was such a like long history of Stooges. But there's only three at a time. I guess they're like Sith Lords, you know? You only get one master and one... I guess one so, student. there can be only one. <laughs> <laughs> the Highlander. He must. He had to strike him down before before he can take over. <laughs> before you could complete the training. <laughs> Sha la la la. So there was one was other good. funny little observation that I made. I, this is just a little bit. And if you go back, if someone wants to look at it, there's a part where Alex is talking in the kitchen. He's pouring orange juice, and he totally spills yes. on his hand. 
And the rest of the scene, he's kind of like holding his hand out because he doesn't want to like break the scene. And you can see it just like dripping off his fingers. And he's kind of walking around with his hand. <laughs> and he almost like wipes it on his shirt, but then he doesn't do it. And it's just funny to see how he tries to deal with like a sticky hand um, as he's going through the scene. And he, you never would notice. And he pulled off the scene. So like, just shows what a good actor he is, you know. That's commitment. Man, and I missed that because I was probably typing something. Yeah, it was. He probably said something. If funny. you weren't looking, you never know because it was super subtle. But it was, yeah, there was some good acting there. And oh, what was the line when um, Stephen says, "What's the single most important thing to people?" And it was when they were trying to solve, like, you know, get an angle for the Menlo project. Yes. And Alex says, "Money," and he's like, "No, no," like something. <laughs> What did he call it? More heirloom or something? And Alex goes, Jules. Jules, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Alex. He was very money centric in this he episode. <laughs> Between wanting to work at the bank and S- smelling, smelling it. The money. Are you keeping it warm for me? <laughs> <laughs> if I was the uh, Mrs. Turk Wilder or whatever her name was, I would have said, Yeah, I don't think I want to hire okay, you. Yeah. A little creepy. <laughs> I'm going to keep the guy with pneumonia. <laughs> Yeah, that was funny too. Like, he was so pleased that the poor guy got pneumonia and couldn't work. <laughs> <laughs> and Mallory goes, "How'd you do that?" And he goes, "I didn't, I didn't even do it. it. It's just luck." Sha la la la. So there were actually two music cues in this episode that I uh, just had to bring up real quick. Yes. Um, they were talking about what music to play in the uh, documentary. Well, Alex is the one that brought in the music to play, and it was um, the 1812 Overture. I don't know if you caught that. Uh-huh. Yes. Yep. Um, but then, Stephen, did you get the the music reference he was making there? I don't know if you saw that. No, I didn't catch it. He was writing the um, narration for the thing, and he said, Hot Time... Uh, oh yeah, summer That's in the city, name. and he was just yep. writing narration it was the lyrics to "Summer in the City," written by Steve Boone, John Sebastian, and Mark Sebastian of the Love and Spoonful is the name of the band. I did catch that, and we were laughing. It was they didn't. I liked that they didn't like explain it, so you just had either got it or you didn't. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, music cues. Sweet. Did you notice Mallory had like really dark eyes? Um, like, I, was that popular in the eighties? I mean, probably I like starting to get into you know heavier makeup and stuff. I think too. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I just noticed it now, but she had a shorter haircut than she's had. Uh, yes. I don't know. If, it was definitely cut. Yeah. So she's. I, she looked very grown up to me in this episode. Well, I feel like as time goes on, she's becoming much more like trendy, fashionable too. Like, mm. and I and it definitely goes on from here in my memory that she becomes very much of her time. You know. <laughs> yep. Well, and I noticed too, like her outfit. It was almost like it was um, like a flannelly looking shirt or something, and it was buttoned all the way up. And I noticed that it was there's no shoulder pads. There's nothing that's you know the I don't know, like the colors you associate yeah. with the 80s, you know, the pinks and the greens and the blues. But I think a lot of that is like all later 80s. Like that started to come in and then you get into the 90s and it's all fluorescent, you know. A lot yeah. of times people okay. who are trying to like call back to it that didn't actually like grow up then, I think they get that part mixed up. The like hyper fluorescent mm-hmm. stuff was like, that's the early 90s, you know. Gosh, I'm trying to remember because it's been too long. I guess you're right though because I remember having a hyper color sweater. 
And it was in the late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. I'm not saying none of it was the 80s, but it was definitely that moving into the 90s. And we got way more of that in the 90s, you know. Yeah. No, you're right. Yeah. It's... It's a small distinction. The Maui and Sons. That's right. I mean, I, you know, I, we had some of that stuff, obviously, in the 80s, but definitely that became more and more the thing. I mean, look at just TV commercials from the 90s, and that's when it's like early 90s, you know. I liked it. I thought it looked good. Sha-la-la-la! So I kind of stepped on your moral earlier, and but did you have a, a more succinct way, a Keith way of saying it? Because you always have a good way of saying the moral of this episode. I didn't. I really struggled with it because, I mean, obviously you're a dad and I'm a dad. And so I think our kids have a view of us of being dads. Yeah. And they don't see us in the workplace where, you know, we command whatever respect or not respect that we get. So I think it was really poignant for alex to see that his dad isn't just the guy that's at home the goofy kind of guy um he really is he's like a man he's a person outside of home and i think that was a really important piece for alex and i think that kind of i don't know maybe you know it's part of growing up i think you know when you don't see your your dad as just your dad you see him as a person absolutely well and now, uh, maybe not all kids, but a lot of kids are getting a chance to see their dads at work uh, <laughs> yeah. in the last year or so, you know. So um, my kids know all of the things that I do. <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh, that's what you do all day. <laughs> and it makes it very difficult when they're all It does. All I am much less productive. That, oh it's hard, goodness. too. I mean, yes. and it's awesome to have the kids at home. But at the same time, like, you know, and they're at school and they're gone for six hours. And I do, you know, most of my work has been from home for the last several years. Uh, mm-hmm. But I'm, like, super productive and get a lot done. Well, now they all have different schedules and they're coming out and I'm, you know, helping them because they're in each of their rooms, you know, getting their work done. Janelle in yep. one room and the kids in theirs. And so, you know, I talk to the one when they come out and the other when they come out. And I have, like, maybe 45 minutes throughout the day to actually get stuff done, you know. Right. And whereas you would have packed a snack for them and their lunch for them and everything, you know, now they're coming out and they want that, you know, on their break. Exactly. So now it stops you in the middle of your day. So, and again, I appreciate the time, but, you know, I don't get much done. No. Well, and then, like, you know, fortunately, though, you at least get a little bit of time. I actually sit with Ella most of the day because if you don't, she disappears. Yeah, I, it's I'm fortunate that our kids are old enough that they can do it on their own. Yeah, I try to have snack time ready and on the table. So we finish breakfast and, you know, there's usually a little bit of time to play before school starts. And so they're playing and I put the snack on the table. So that way, when it's break time and that camera goes off, I run over to my computer and work for 20 minutes or so. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> It's crazy. I do like it. I'd miss it. You know, if she went back to school, I don't know, you know, how I would feel, actually. So it's been an interesting time. Well, now we know how Stephen felt having Alex at work. He was so excited. But I think the one other part that I kind of wrote down for uh, for the moral is that uh, from the dad's perspective is that, you know, you have to let your kid do be themselves and do what they want to do. And Steven already knew that yeah. lesson, but he just showed that he understood that. And even though he was disappointed, he doesn't want Alex to do something that's not Alex, you know, and, and that's important because it is easy to want your kids to do all the stuff that you do and like the stuff that you like. And that's not always what they do. Yeah, exactly. They have to be their own person and maybe they'll never press us, 
what did he, what did he say? He didn't like to eat skirt steak or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I thought it was really a, a good moment. And I think, again, you know, we've kind of had those moments before with Elise and, and Alex. And I think it's good that Alex is having those moments with his dad now, too. Well, it, it did. And it just felt it felt very genuine. And like you definitely felt like they're. I mean, I realize they're acting, but they felt like a family. You know, it was very, very convincing. So, I liked yeah. it. It's a good episode. Yeah, I really liked it too. It's probably one of my favorites so far. Sha la la la. Well, that's a good one to start off the new year with. Then, with a letter from South Africa and a great episode, and we're back in the saddle. So, but I do have one complaint for the episode. What's that? Did he take the bank job? That's right. Well, we won't know until Maybe next in week. A cliffhanger. Maybe we find out what Elise made for dinner and if Alex took the, the job. We might, although I, I fear now that we may never get that reveal. <laughs> we might never find out. I, it's very possible. But, <laughs> you know, we might just have to get used to disappointment. We'll see. <laughs> oh. I don't know. I think we might find out about whatever Alex is doing. Who knows? Yeah. That I'm seems sure more likely than the dinner anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> and I'm curious, like, I mean, I feel like in the next few weeks we're going to see a baby. Oh, it's coming. Yeah, I think he said six weeks was the timeline he gave in this episode, which, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously doesn't necessarily translate to six episodes, but it could. So, yeah. um, it's coming. It's definitely coming. Oh, I can't wait going to be good. Uh, <laughs> for uh, Charo. Charo. Little, little Moby Keaton. <laughs> Moby Keaton. <laughs> yeah. oh. That's good stuff. Well, thank you so much, Keith, for joining me yet again back in this new year of Alex B. Keaton is oh, my friend. Thank you. Oh, he turns out he's my friend, That's too. That's good. That's good. He's our friend, but it's I already got bought yes, the domain name, is. so I can't change it at this point. So <laughs> <laughs> No. <laughs> and thank you again to Chris for writing yes. in. That's so awesome to know that, first off, that you're in South Africa and you're listening. And number two, you gave us just enough to make us want so much oh, more. Oh, absolutely. That was, that was great. We hope uh, that you're willing to write again, and we'd love to hear from anyone else out there who would like to write to us. Alex B. Keaton is my friend at gmail.com will get right to us. Or you can, of course, use our uh, contact form on our website, alexbkeatonismyfriend.com, and uh, Facebook or wherever. Send us a message, and we'll, uh, we'll read it on the show. I love it. Well, thanks again for listening. Thank you, Keith, for co-hosting. Thank you. And uh, we'll see you next week for another very special episode of Alex B. Keaton is my friend. What would we do, baby, without us? What would we do, baby, without us? And there ain't no nothing we can love each other through. What would we do, baby, without us?